0: Let's go to the Lord again. Father, we confess this morning that we cannot do anything apart from you. So we come now, Father, asking for you to open our eyes, for you to open our ears, for your words to resonate down deep in our soul this morning, Father God. May we hear the truth. May we not ignore it or reject it, Father, but by your grace, may we accept it. May we follow it. May we love it. May this truth lead us to you. Father, may we be strengthened this morning as your people. May you open eyes of the blind. May you save the lost this morning through your word. Father, we pray that you will be with Pillar Church of D.C. Pray for the interim pastor, Clint Clifton, and the other elder, Thomas Hudson, Father, as they... Continue to gather your people this morning and they seek to honor you and to preach your word. May that fellowship be strengthened this morning through the preaching of your word. May the gospel be clear. May the gospel be heard and go forth, not only among those people, Father, but, Father, through them to others. May you grow that fellowship and strengthen them. Father, we... Pray this month for Chris and Megan Guthrie, missionaries serving with Wycliffe Bible Translators. They have left everything here at home to serve you in Australia and to go among the unreached people groups there and to translate into the mother tongue of the people there, Father. Father, give them the wisdom they need to translate. Father, may the love for you Be translated into a love for these people as as they hear your word for the first time in their own language, Father. Lord, we pray for Wycliffe Bible translators that the funds will continue to come so they can print more Bibles in the natural tongue of people. Father, we thank you and how you have sent people all over the world to translate the Bible. Father, we take it so uh, for granted oftentimes how open and how many even Bibles we have, and yet there are people who have none. Father, may we continue to pray for those people to have the Bible in their own language, and thank you for Wycliffe Bible Translators. Thank you for Chris and Megan. Strengthen them, Father. May their love... Sustain them. May your love sustain them. Lord, we pray for the Alawites of Syria, another group of people who have not heard the good news of Jesus Christ, another group of people who, as of now, stand in judgment and they will perish, Father, apart from knowing Christ. Father, we pray that you will send. Missionaries to the Alawites, maybe from this fellowship here. May you give us a burden for the lost and may the Alawites come to know the good news of Jesus and come to experience the grace of God. And may churches be planted among them, Father, and may they grow strong, healthy, preaching the whole counsel of God and the gospel being heard and adored. Father, may the precious people come to you by your grace and mercy father we pray for those among our fellowship who are struggling this morning with physical pain who are battling sickness father we we know that our outer shells our, our bodies are wasting away each day father death is coming we know that that's that's part of this this life but we know father For those of us who are in Christ that while our outer selves are wasting away, we are being renewed day by day, each new day, a new pouring of your grace, a new touch of your mercy and your love. And I pray for those among this fellowship here that they will experience your grace and your love this morning. Father, we have others who are not hurting physically, but in their heart, their heart is aching, Father. We pray that you will comfort them that Your grace will sustain them, that Your love will surround them and fill them, Father, and may they see You. May their hope be in Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank You for what You've done in Pam Erickson's life And after battling the stroke. And many of us thought that she was in her last days, but Father, like so many other times, You have plans of Your own. Thank You for healing her as You have. We pray, Father, we can be so bold that you'll continue to heal her and strengthen her and be with carl her husband as he cares for her lord be with covenant community church and foundation church and stafford baptist church father and north stafford baptist church as they preach the gospel this morning may those congregations be filled and be strengthened lord we we love you we thank you for all of this, Lord, and Father, for, for the prayers we don't know what to say. We ask that you will intercede on our behalf, Father, and receive these prayers for your honor and our good. It's in your name. Amen. Amen. We are ending our two-part series on prayer this morning. As I begin, though, I need to clarify something about prayer. You see, the Bible says that prayer is only for the Christian. God does not hear prayers of unbelievers. He does not listen to prayers of Hindus. He does not listen to prayers of Muslims or Mormons or any other religion, atheists or even those who are Christian in name only, who claim to be Christian, but they lack faith. The writer in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who seek Him. Prayer is for the Christian. Only believers draw near to God by His grace. Only the person who confesses the real Jesus and trusts in Him alone for salvation, can approach the throne of God. Only the person who is born again, the one whose heart has been set free from sin and hopes in Christ, only that person has open access to God. To further clarify, I'm not talking about those who have knowledge, who acknowledge Jesus as a real person. There are many who say, and they believe, that He lived, but they lack saving faith. They lack faith. Holding to certain knowledge about God and sin and this world is not the same as faith. God says prayer is for those who trust and treasure Christ alone for the forgiveness of their sins, who have surrendered their lives To him, and who rely on his everlasting righteousness to be their righteousness and salvation that's given by God through faith. If you don't believe in Christ, then your prayers are worthless. You must first believe, and then prayer is possible. Last week, we examined the reasons why believers, as believers in Christ, how we need to pray. The more we grow in our faith, we we see just how dependent we are on God for everything in our lives, and prayer being one of the primary ways of God sustaining us and shaping us and, and filling us. That tells us that Believers then need to have a lifestyle that is characterized by prayer. It being habit to pray in all that we do before, during, and after bathing it all in prayer and praying for everyone we know and praying for everything they need. Most of all, praying for God to be revealed to them and more of Himself given to them. Everything in a Christian's life is powered and given by God. Do you believe that? As a Christian, everything in your life is powered and given by God. Nothing a Christian does is in their own strength or in their own wisdom. So it makes sense then that prayer be part of every aspect of a believer's life. Last week from the book of Acts, we went through 10 reasons to pray, giving the grounds to have lives of unending prayer, no matter the circumstance, in every situation, praying to God. This morning, we're looking at how to pray and what to pray for. I mentioned that last week, and if you came here this morning expecting to be given a step by step guide or to learn the mechanics of prayer, or you came expecting to be given a detailed list of what to pray for. Let me erase all of that for you this morning. It is clear in the Scriptures that there is not one single method to prayer. And there is not a one-size-fits-all to praying. Now, Jesus does give us a model to pray It's called the Lord's Prayer. He set the standard in prayer. He shows us what's important about prayer. And if you want to learn more about that, you can pull up last year's series on prayer to learn more about the Lord's Prayer. But the Bible contains some other prayers that Jesus gave. Not all of them were said in the same way. None of them were about the same things. His His prayers were dealing with the situation at hand, where he was, while always in keeping in mind what he was here to do, what he was here on earth to do, and who his prayers were to. His prayers differed, though, depending on who he was with and what he wanted to show his followers and what he wanted to give to his people. His prayers were different at different times. And praying is like that. It's not something you can memorize or casually approach. It's not saying the same words all the time or having a mantra that you repeat. You see, doing that, your mind will tend to drift off and your heart will not be in prayer, will not be engaged. And for the believer, for the believer in the heart and the mind, that is where prayer resides for the believer. And for our mind to kind of drift off, we're then not really sincerely praying. Your mind being focused on what's on your heart and your words being an outward expression of your heart. For the Christian then, that means focusing your desires on God and removing everything else that competes for your affection. And in the prayer, essentially saying in your prayer, I want God. That is what prayer is saying. Because you see, prayer is its communing with God. It's talking to Him. And like every other conversation you have, it's never the same. You never have the same conversation with the same person. And while prayer is like the conversations you have with other people, we need to realize prayer is very much different though because of who you're talking to. There's no one else who's like God. There's nothing else as awesome as He is. And our prayers to God have a lot of listening and a lot of waiting involved. Because unlike other conversations, what we have to say is not as important as what God has to say. And while we can pray at any time and in any place, we can pray standing, sitting, or kneeling. We can bring up anything to God. It doesn't compare, though, to what God wants to say to you. It doesn't compare to what he's doing or when he acts. And oftentimes, it's in our prayers that God gets us to lay aside what we think we want or what we think we need. And he brings us to a place of rest and he shows us what he has in store. Too many people have the wrong idea about prayer. It's not a rubbing on a magical lamp for a genie in the sky to come and give you what you want. It's not the Christian's version of winning the lottery, nor is it an excuse to disobey. We all know those times when a truth is pointed out to someone and they say, I'll pray about that. But you see, that's not prayer. That's just simply disobedience. You can write this down. This is what prayer is. If you take notes during this time, you'll want to write this down. Prayer is having more of God. That's what prayer is. In all of our requests, in everything that that we are looking to have, in everything about life and what you deal with, prayer is having more of God. See, when you pray, the God of the universe is there. When you pray, you have the attention of the most powerful, the most beautiful, the most awesome being of the cosmos there listening to you and then speaking to you. It's not getting more stuff from God. It's not about having God do things in your life to get what you want or to get you where you want to be. Prayer is drawing near to God and enjoying more of Him. That is what's going on in prayer. You're getting more of God. One time, in the time that God is already determined, every believer will be at His throne. We will be in the glorious presence. We will be face to face with the God of the universe. But until then... God has given us prayer while he works out his plan of redemption in this world so that believers will have more of of him and have more of who he is right now. That's the reason for prayer. We don't wait for eternity. We have him now. That means that when you pray more of his love, more of His grace, more of His wisdom, more of His power, more of His righteousness and goodness and faithfulness is yours. Going to to God to get things then completely misses the point of, of prayer. It completely misses what happens in prayer because of what the believer gets in prayer. Prayer itself Is a gift to the believer. God does not need us to pray. He's not waiting for you to pray so that He can then do things and fill His day. He doesn't need us, yet He tells us to pray. God says He works all things according to the counsel of His will. None of His plans can be stopped. He's already set them in motion and He's already declared the end from the beginning. God accomplishes all He sets out to do. He will succeed in all of His ways. The Lord of heaven and earth is not served by human hands as though He needed anything. Yet God tells Christians to pray. He has given us prayer. Why? If God accomplishes everything He sets out to do, if everything in your life is in His hands, why give us prayer? because in prayer god gives his grace it's a gift he gives his grace and his holy spirit to those who ask from him and who then thank him for them prayer is for the believer and it means it's the means by which god gives himself to the believer and they in return thank him for it god says he works outside of prayer he doesn't need you to pray for him to work and to do things. He doesn't need it. But in prayer, what is he doing with the believer? He's giving himself to the one praying to him. He's opening himself up and saying, take from me, have more of me. That's why we say that God works in our prayers. We're not talking about what he's doing in our lives or what, what the things in our life that we think we need or we're asking for When we say God works in our prayers, what we're saying is He's working in me when I pray. He's not dependent on our prayers, but He gives prayer so that we can be closer to Him, so we can draw near to God and enjoy Him more. Now in this gift of prayer, God fulfills our needs, which is primarily needing more of Him. Oftentimes, when we think of things we need, we think of this temporary life, we think of temporal things, and God says, no, we need more of Him. Everything we think we need, it's really God at the end of it. And in this prayer, this gift of prayer, there are six aspects to this gift that God does for us. But before we look at the six sides of prayer, we need to know how to approach God in prayer. In our text this morning, 1 John five fourteen and 15, God says, this is the confidence that we have toward Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us in what we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of Him. When the believer turns to God in prayer, we need to remember that God is the gift giver. God is the gift giver, and He sets the terms of the gift that He's giving you. We don't get to go to Him in whatever manner. Our talks with Him are not on level ground. They are not mutual. He is God, and we are not. Our trust is in Him, and our confidence is, is in who He is. Our relationship to Almighty God is completely weighted toward Him. It's completely shifted over, completely to the side of God. Now, in in one sense, that can make us feel very uneasy, doesn't it? If everything is tilted toward God, that means we're left completely exposed. We're left completely unsure of ourselves. And It's like if you picture an old-fashioned scale, like the one that Lady Justice holds in her hand, the old-fashioned scale with the chains. Here's God with all the weight on His side. And here's you and me dangling over here with nothing on the scale. Absolutely dependent on God shifting His weight for anything to move in our life, for anything to happen In our lives. And the winds of life can blow, they can swing back and forth, something can come up against us and bump us and shake us, and we can be easily broken. Where God, who has the eternal weight, doesn't budge. There's nothing that can lift God or move God. That means then, in another sense, how confident we become. As God gives more of Himself, we're dangling up here and God gives more of Himself, we begin to get weighted. We begin to to gather more and nothing begins to swing us as much as it used to. We become more and more weighted and eventually we're grounded in the eternal truths of God and given the joy of being rock solid in His strength and power and His love. And we should not We must not then expect to ask whatever, however we want, and think that God will give Himself to us. We ought to heed when He says how to approach Him in prayer. James says in chapter 4, verse 3, You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. There is a right way to pray. And John tells us it's to ask according to God's will. And His will is to be glorified, to be worshipped, to, to be adored. There are some who ask, what's God's will for my life? So many young people are asking this this question, what's God's will for my life? God says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. When you do this, he's glorified. That's his will. So if you ask God to be glorified when you pray, if it's Increasing your love for God instead of other things, if it declares the glory of God, you are then approaching God in prayer the way He says. You're approaching Him according to His will. And then by approaching God in this way that brings Him glory, He then gives us the gift of prayer and we receive kind of like the six-sided gift in prayer the first one is right here in our text at the end of verse 14. He says, if we ask anything according to his will, he what? This is the first side in the gift of prayer. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. He hears us. We don't throw up words hoping that they'll stick We don't begin to speak hoping that that He's there. We're not speaking to ourselves or to anyone else really when we pray. We pray according to the will of God's glory being paramount for His will to be done in our lives and in this world. And He says, He hears you. God hears you when you pray. We have the listening ear of God when we pray the supreme being of the world is listening to you when you pray he cares that much for you what you pray to God is heard it's accepted and it's answered God will not hear the prayers of the unbelievers but Christian God hears your prayers when you pray You don't have to have prayers that are good enough for him to listen. You don't have to reach a certain spirituality for God to listen to you. Because of your faith in Jesus Christ and for His sake, God bends His ear toward you and He listens. What great assurance you and I have when we pray, Your will be done, God. God hears and He responds. This this is amazing. God who is right now at this very moment upholding the universe is not too busy for you when you pray. He hears and He answers. He is truly the friend that we all need. He's always there, always listening to the prayers of His people. Now the last five signs of this gift of prayer are part of the anything that's according to His will. They make up the the whatever we ask. They are descriptions of what seems open-ended, the, the whateverness or the anything we ask. As we pray, these aspects, these other five aspects of prayer are given to us, and I'd like to walk you through them. We may pray whatever to God so that He's honored. He hears us and answers us. He then gives us these five in prayer. Another side of the gift of prayer is what God does to you in prayer. In prayer, when you're praying, you are being made holy. God says, be holy for I am holy. Christ came into the world to make you holy. And you've been given this gift of prayer. And it's through prayer where God conforms your heart to, to say yes to him is where we become instruments to affect His will in this world. Our thinking is renewed when we pray, our priorities are corrected, and we learn to follow His voice. God is holy in all His ways, and He wants us to be like him. To be holy is what it means to be Christ-like. This is following Jesus Christ, and it's the aim of all Christian effort in a whole life. The end of it is to be holy like Christ. So to be holy is then the most sincere, heartfelt longing of every truly regenerated believer. The prayer itself doesn't make us holy. We need to understand. The prayer itself doesn't make us holy. Nothing we do Makes us holy. But it's in prayer where God reveals more of himself to us. He sets our sights higher on his holiness. He works his goodness into us. It's where he makes the precious atoning blood of Christ Jesus more beautiful to us. And it's how his Holy Spirit intercedes for us and aligns us to him and helps us to better listen. To him. The more you turn to God in prayer, the more his holiness affects you. Your heart is being changed and molded like Christ's. But that's not the only thing that's affected in your prayer. The effect of your prayer is multiplied. As you pray, God is changing your heart and your family is also being impacted they are witnesses to God's transforming power that's unleashed in prayer your family gets a front row seat to God affecting his will on your life and it doesn't stop at you or what's going on in your family through God working in your prayers our church is being strengthened when you pray if God is changing your heart that means our church is one step closer to the reality of the eternal glory of God. Your heart being changed means our purpose as a church is being fulfilled. It means our ministries are being bolstered with His spiritual power and for His purposes. Don't think that when you pray that your prayers are just affecting you or what you're praying for. It affects everyone around you. God never does just one thing. He works in so many ways. Your life, affected by His Spirit, affects those all around you. And that's what God has in mind for all of us. Next, another side of the gift of prayer is receiving all things that are necessary for your soul and your body, which the Christ included in His prayer that He taught us in the Lord's Prayer. Now it's true, if we look at the Lord's Prayer, there's a portion of the Lord's Prayer that seems like the the wicked receive the same things that are in the prayer, like daily bread. But the gifts they receive do not contribute to their salvation, but to their destruction. God's people receive in these prayers that which leads to faith and repentance, to conversion, remission of sins, and sanctification. God's people, as we receive our daily supply for our bodies, it fuels us to live for God's glory. We're able to use our cognitive and our physical abilities to further spread the gospel of Jesus. We're given strength to do good works, to serve each other, and to reach out to those who are lost, and to personify the love from Christ that we've been given. In doing these things, our soul is rejuvenated and we're filled with His eternal joy. Prayer ushers in so much more than what we see. Prayer does so much more than what we ask for. Our physical lives are lived in tandem with our spiritual lives. They're not separate. They are a one in Christ. God provides prayer as the means... For us to keep going and doing and speaking and loving and ministering in the name of Christ. We are incredibly blessed in every way as his people. Oh, how God loves us and has given us this gift of prayer and what it does. The fourth side to this gift of prayer is having a true sense of our need for God. Now, this needs a little bit of explaining, I think. You may think those who pray already have a sense of their need for God, and that's true. But you and I don't really understand how deep our need for Him really is. When we pray, God opens the eyes of our heart to see how wrought with sin our, our heart really is and how tangled in ungodliness we've become. We are desperate for God. We don't realize how desperate we really are. We need Him to work in our lives for our good. And so He gives us prayer. The more we pray, the more we see what needs prayed for. We need We can't even see the truth of God's Word without Him opening our eyes. We can read the Bible, but it'll just be words on a page without Him affecting us and doing a work in us that He does in prayer. Our children and families need our prayers. We can't convert them. We, We won't convince anyone, only God Can save our neighbors who are one step away from judgment, need our prayers. Our brothers and sisters in Christ, both here and around the world, need our prayers. Every part of our lives, all aspects of this earthly life, needs God to act and to do His will. Fifth, in prayer. We are given a deepening confidence of Christ as mediator. Verse 15 says, If we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of him. We know that we have the requests we ask according to his will because Christ intercedes on our behalf. This is why we pray in Jesus' name. We don't just tack that on at the end of our prayers. We pray in the name of Jesus because that's how we're brought to God. That's how God hears us. We are only reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. His death on the cross atones for our sin and our faith in Him brings forgiveness of our sin. God gives us eternal life, which crushes sin and death. And we're made alive in Christ. And we only remain His as we are in Christ. With Christ, the eternal difference between God and man is removed. This means we have to remain in Christ then. And this remaining in Christ is forever Christ is our life. And so Him being a mediator means everything to us. And it gives us confidence then because He's never stepping away. He's never going to get out of the way and we're now left with Almighty God. No, Jesus is there as a mediator. When we pray in Jesus' name, when we pray for what He prays, When we pray according to the will of God, our requests are heard and they're answered. That's all the time. That means every time you go to God, every time Jesus is right there being a mediator for you in your prayers, every time God's listening. Last, it is like the second one speaking of the church but it needs to be pulled out a little more so that we better understand In the gift of prayer God works in the church a special revival a special renewal for his people as God's people pray together God works this spiritual revival where the church is spurned on in ministry and gospel advance And the work of the Holy Spirit is intensified among brothers and sisters. Conviction of sin, when we're together and we're praying, conviction of sin is felt deeper when brothers and sisters see it for what it is. Heartache is shared and collectively dealt with. God's joys, the assurance of His grace and His love also spread out and are multiplied when we pray together. That means praying together as a church means holiness is being pursued. Burdens are shared and joy in God is multiplied. A deep, loving community is thus formed as we pray together. This is why we pray together. One that is rich in the goodness of God and strong in the pursuing of His righteousness Where the weak are cared for and the lost are given Christ. In prayer, and only in prayer, are the lives of believers, individual lives, and together as a community of God, given such sweet care and love. It only comes in prayer. As believers, the gift of prayer is ours until our Savior returns and there's no longer a need for prayer when we stand at the throne of God. We need to learn to pray. We need to look for ways to pray. We need to bathe everything in prayer. We need to see it as a gift from God and see that in prayer we're given more of Him. You know, At the beginning of every year, it's, it's a good time to look back, to see all that's happened in the last year, to thank God for what He's done. And it's also a way to look forward in the coming year. Is this going to be a year of prayer for you and me? Is this going to be a year filled with prayers where we're saying, God, give me more of You. I need more of You. I want more of You. That's the kind of year you and I need. That's the kind of year where you and I are sustained and we're transformed into being more like Christ as we pray. Not just gathering together and feeding off of one another. No, we feed off each other's faith. Not off each other's goodwill. It's each other's faith. And as we pray... We are then transformed and we are strengthened and made anew. If you need anything this morning, you need God to work in you and that comes through prayer. I pray that this year, Redeemer Church, we learn more about prayer. We seek more ways to pray. When, when you have something that's going on in your life and I need something, that we will stop and we say, you know what? The best thing I can do for you is to pray. When your children are going through something or they're hurting, or your neighbor has a problem, the best thing you can do is say, let's pray. You and I need to be a people who pray. And I pray that it happens. Let's go to Him.